please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, it's Treasy. It's Martin the Mail, man. And I'm Young Lazy. Hey, and uh, we're the Kind of Movie Critics. Uh, we are here. Uh, I don't even know what to say, man. It's social distancing in full effect. So we, we are, are on not a, at On Air Network Studios. <laughs> yeah, we're not there. We're 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 via Skype. Everybody else doing Zoom, so we're taking the Skype route. Um, <laughs> and hopefully it turns out just as good. Um, but yeah, this is the COVID edition, bro. What's the happenings? I feel like I ain't seen y'all in forever, man. I know we tested some equipment like last week, but I ain't seen y'all seen y'all. What's been up? Everything good? Yeah, everything's, you know, it's, it's it's weird. It's new. I'm on like my third um branded toilet paper now. Like, can't even find a Charmin no more. <laughs> third brand? Is it yeah. like is, so? Is the brand like a third string brand or is it? Yeah, it like, was um. I went to uh Sam's Club because I usually get Charmin. Then they didn't have no Charmin, so got Quilted Northern. And now I think the one I just got yesterday just says like toilet paper or something. Like that. <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> I got toilet paper. <laughs> they got the pronoun jump. Yeah. So 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 it's, Charmin, you considered Charmin top tier? Yeah, pretty much. Really? <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I'm, I haven't tried a lot of them. Like, you should try right. Cottonelle. You you should oh, try yeah. Cottonelle. Cottonelle shits on Charmin. Oh, okay. But so see that's my my thing is like I don't really I don't be knowing man I just use it over my wife come now to to speak to what you're saying Martin we do currently have a brand right now that's a little tougher than normal yeah <laughs> and it's uh it's pretty uncomfortable so uh, but we also got them flushable wipes man so but um uh, so obviously man if it, um you know if you've been impacted or somebody in your family's been impacted by uh this covid-19 man uh very sorry to hear it and uh prayers up for you um, the world seems to be in uh, disarray. So obviously we weren't consistent to begin with. So um, that explains our inconsistency and our the length and time in between episodes for us, as if we needed an explanation. Y'all know what time it is. But um, hey, when when you uh, were in New York, was was Fred like the godson around that time when you were around with like Smoke Dizzy and stuff like that? Nah, he wasn't really. I, I, I didn't hear his name buzzing at that time. You know yeah. what I'm saying now? I'm sure he was a thing because he was on the he was on the freshman cover, what, 2011? Yeah, I forgot which was, cover it was. Yeah. I, but I forgot. I want to say it was 2011 because it was the same. It was the same year as Crit, right? Yeah. Crit. I remember it was a lot of people on that cover, I think. Yeah. So his name must have been bugging because I was uh, buzzing because I was around Crit a lot. And if they were on the same cover together. So he must have been buzzing, but I just wasn't. I wasn't up on it. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't up on Fred the Godson, man. But yeah, rest in peace to Fred the Godson. Obviously, he passed away from COVID-19 complications from it. And from what I'm hearing, too, Scarface is not doing too well. Oh, man. Yeah, I was wondering about her yeah. him because he was, he was really, really sick. So yeah, kidney, I haven't heard anything he, about him yet. He was He's having kidney issues uh, as a result of, you know, he, I think he was already diabetic. I believe so. Yeah, but he's having uh, full-blown kidney issues now as a result of COVID, man. So prayers up to Brad Jordan, a.k.a. Scarface, uh, one-third of the ghetto boys, if you're not familiar. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm pretty sure our listeners are, you know, COVID has been the thing for the past month and a half, two months, man. So let's try to give them some uplifting content 
and uh some of this uh kind of movie critic charm, man. Yeah, don't uh, don't drink bleach, everyone. <laughs> oh Lord, don't get me started on that clown. I, I, honestly, I'm to the point now where it's like, if you're stupid enough to believe that, just go ahead and do it. Win that Darwin you know Award, saying? buddy. Huh? Yeah. Win that Darwin Award, buddy. Yeah, because because obviously you on you on his side if if you listening to him, and um, uh, you know, go ahead. But if that's the case, by all means, drink the bleach because it might work. Um, <laughs> that sounded very just yeah. lazy shaking her head like oh my god uh, y'all know what I'm saying um, anyway man y'all y'all ready to talk about this devs Who? Sure. sure FX first of all um, okay so FX came to am I right FX came to Hulu like in March I noticed they started branding things as FX on Hulu. I'm not sure. I noticed Atlanta was up there, but I don't. I don't know that it wasn't up there before. So, because yeah. I watch it, Atlanta live, so I don't know. Right. I, I don't think it was. I, I don't think it came to. I mean, you know, I watch stuff on the FX uh, standalone app, but um, it, there was. I, I want to say it was around March. I started. I started seeing like FX on Hulu, and when I saw that, I, I got happy because I knew that most of us have Hulu and there was a lot of shows on FX that, you know, like Corey or, you know, Martin, you hadn't seen cause you didn't have F you didn't have FX, right? Yeah. Or Hulu. Yeah. Or Hulu. So, so you got Hulu now. Yeah. It was, it was weird. I got a text from Sprint saying you get free um, Hulu if you have an unlimited plan. Yeah. I didn't know That's that. How I could have had it for a couple of years. Oh, you, you think they'll, you think they'll give you um back, <laughs> back free, uh, the back free credit back for that free. Junk, like back free credit on your bill or something. He wasn't paying attention. No, I think it was always <laughs> on my bill, but I just didn't look. <laughs> Dang! Oh, but you yeah. were getting them e bills, huh? Mm, yeah. I'm the same way. But yeah, it, it was it was nice because it's like this whole, it's like finding a new restaurant or something like that, like right, or that nobody knows about. I mean, everybody knows about it, but it's like I never had a chance to go there. So it was all these shows that I could watch, and I'm right. kind of just going through them now. But we'll we'll talk about the shows in like a later date. But it, it was really fun. Yeah, ah, no, that's that's, uh, that's funny to me. That's like you know she just reminded me of an American Psycho where everybody can get an endorsia except Patrick. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So you said that's what Martin reminds you of. Mm-hmm. That I have a Dorsey arrest Friday night, eight o'clock, <laughs> lying his <laughs> ass off. Right, <laughs> you funny. That's that's like your second favorite movie, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Next to that, that Freeway. Is my, that is ex- yes, Freeway's my favorite. Um, American Psycho is my second favorite. Donnie Darko. We won't get into how there's not many black movies in my top five. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to call too, you on that. But. I don't know if there's a black movie in my top five, for real. Oh, y'all childish. Oh, you know what? I, I don't know if there's one in my. <laughs> I called y'all childish. And I how just we, how are we going to call it. ourselves the black three? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you know listen, what? man. We got... I did want to mention to our viewers, because I came up on something that I didn't know about. There is a streaming app. I know it's available on Roku if you don't have that kind of smart TV. I don't know what to tell you, but um, there's an app called Canopy, Canopy with a K. And basically, Mm. if you have a library card and you know you're assigning information for your library card, your library pays into um, a credit system for you to be able to watch 
movies for free as part of your mm-hmm. library card subscription, which is really dope because um, really I know dope. for the city we live in, Treasy, like they don't put a limit on how many you can watch a month. Some cities will like only let you get five, but they free. And there's good right. stuff up there. Like Midsummer is on there. Last Black Man San Francisco is on there. Oh, Hereditary's wow. on there. It's got some good stuff. Oh, um, wow. What else is on there? Um, Killing of the Sacred Deer, The Lobster, all that good stuff. Oh, see, I need. I remember you put that in the group chat, man, and, and I, I remember saying to myself, I need to check into that. I think I looked to see if, um, because you know we were talking about um contagion, so uh-huh. I looked up there. To, I think to see if contagion was. No, nah, I definitely so checked I for contagion on canopy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's we not. Got, it's not on there. Yeah, I know no, you got a dope, library man. card. I know your wife is on it. What big facts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big facts. You already know. Um, uh, so and they're commercial free, so that's good. What's something you guys um like like looking forward to that got canceled or is getting pushed back now? Like as far as film or television, motherfucking Candyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that, that got pushed back mm-hmm. to sure September. Ooh, I feel like they just need to go ahead and release that on streaming. Hell no! I want to go to the theater to see Candyman. Fuck that! Yeah, well, yeah, okay, I want okay. Jordan Peele to get all his coins. <laughs> Nah. Hey man, but the way it's looking, man, it might be more lucrative going streaming, right? It's like you you kind of open up your, you kind of open up your. I, I I'm really interested in seeing because what was the first movie to do that? Was it Invisible Man? Did that? Yeah, like, but Invisible Man still had theater runs. Yeah, they because right. I, I went to see Invisible Man in the theater. Right. Yeah. But then, so so what was the first? Is the, has there been a first official movie that for you know for went the if that's even a word, uh, the theater run and went straight to streaming. Was it called Date Night? That uh, the Issa Rae movie that's coming out. That one actually they're putting yeah. on Netflix. So they they think, went they for they went for went it. I think okay. Mulan's doing that too. Mulan. Mulan. Oh, that's right. And Disney had. Um, I watched Upward. Onward at home. Or yeah. Onward. Yeah, yeah. Onward. Yeah. That's what which I, mean. I thought was going to make me cry, and it didn't. Look at me. I'm growing up. It was. It was good. I, 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 it didn't do me like Coco did me. No, Coco but, had um, me sniffling and snotting. I can't watch Coco again. Like I don't yeah. want to <laughs> relive no, that. I'm with you on that. I, kinda, no, but, I thought um, it was going to do what like Z- Zootopia did, but it wasn't as good to me. It still oh, was okay. for adults, though. It felt yeah. a lot like. Um, it felt a lot like Inside Out. Uh, where it was okay. kind of like, so do these kids out, really okay. know what's going on right now? Right. But yeah. Not yeah. to mention, I, Soul got pushed back too. Bruh. Mm. Damn. Yeah. yeah. See, I wonder what the what the metrics are, or like what the sales are for these movies that went streaming. Um, you know, like kind of upped it early and went to streaming. I wonder how they're doing. Like I like I would love to hear how Invisible Man did, even though it had a theater run. How did it do on home streaming? Uh, some people I know like bit the bullet for like trolls and stuff. They paid twenty dollars though to watch it in mm-hmm. their home. Which I guess for most people, you know how we do with our movie tickets is I can go to the movies with two people for sixteen. But right. um you know, in your home, if it's more than one person that's watching the movie, then twenty dollars doesn't seem so bad. You know what? That's a perfect example because we did we did trolls that way, mm-hmm. and I know my wife. Um, she she uh, rec- you know, she had like she hit up her friends and told them to stream it as well. So I guess it was, you know twenty per household because they all have kids and all that stuff. And it was really I I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I. I I wonder how that did, man. I wish they would release the numbers on that. Because, but you get it for 48 hours, right? 
Yep, it was forty eight hours. So yep. how long? How many times did CC watch it? Like four times. <laughs> so <laughs> like see, I times. mean, like then yeah. I'm not as mad at it. Yeah, like four times. Uh, I, I think it was totally worth it. it. You know, it came out on a Friday. We chilled. We made some pizza. made some popcorn, and just sat around and watched it as a family. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, watched it a couple other times over the weekend. And yeah, it was gone by Sunday night. But um. You know, then then we downloaded the soundtrack and every any time we drive somewhere, the soundtrack's been going. So it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure it being a because what is that is Trolls Pixar? Trolls not Pixar. It's DreamWorks, it? I think. Okay, it's DreamWorks. So you know, I don't know how the first Trolls did in box office, but and I'm I'm pretty sure they take they're going to take a little bit of a hit, but you know, maybe the things uh, around it, right? Like maybe the Merch you know, and like stuff. Sound, yeah, the merch and stuff. Maybe that maybe that stuff will do. But I don't know, man. It's it's all new terrain, sort of, to some degree. So I wish uh, somebody would release some numbers so we can understand that. Because some films that didn't cost, you know, that maybe only cost about 20 to 30 or even 50 million to make might be just as lucrative putting it out streaming. And People are not really missing a beat with it. You know, it may be like a viable option for some people. Now, you know, Marvel films is probably not the way to go, but. I know they um, sped up putting Star Wars on um, Disney Plus. It's not on there yet, but it's coming. So um, who knows? But but my concern is that like nothing is filming, so they can't keep everything at its same release. They have to push some things back. Yeah. Otherwise, there's going to be like a gap. It's gonna be crazy laughs. So I guess yeah. they'd rather have like the gap up front than have it on the back end. Yeah, potentially. That that saddens me though because um, I don't know how this is gonna recover. You Fucking know, Black like, Panther. Pre- I'm thinking about didn't start filming. <laughs> like, Man, they were in pre production. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I put up a, a picture on Twitter the other day. I saw somebody else do this, so I kind of took the idea. Um, where they had said something like, uh, they live in Atlanta, this person that had posted it, and they were like, um, even even when Atlanta opens up, you know, for business, I'm going to be. And then they had a picture of, you know, the uh, uh, the LL Cool J sitcom. The, yeah, uh, in the house. W- w- in the house. <laughs> they was like, I'm going to be. And they put the picture. So I did that with Different World. That I said, uh, you know, even after the curve flattens and they find a, you know, a, a cure for all this and whatever. It's going to be a different world. You know what I mean? So that's cute. Um, I, I, I truly believe that, man. Uh, um, very anxious to see where we land as a people um, after, you know, post Corona. Citizens so, of Earth. Yeah. Say again. I said as citizens of Earth. Yeah. Citizens of Earth. Yeah. Because we're definitely all in this. Is there anything um, that you you've done like during Corona that you wouldn't have thought to do before, like movie related things? I know I did something and I was just kind of like, why didn't I do this before? Well, let me hear yours. It might jog my memory. So we all know that I like that song. Um, I have to pull it up to tell you the name of it. But the song that appears in Shutter Island, that's also in Arrival. <laughs> like I was watching Shutter Island because I for whatever reason, I remember it from Arrival, but forgot. Right. <laughs> So I was playing it and then I was like, you know what? It's mad movie scores that I like. So I made like a playlist of movie scores. I can make it available on our um on our Twitter, people who right. are following us if you guys want to listen to it. But like, you know, if you're just moving around your house or if you're working, sometimes it's good to have the white noise. Um, if you're not a person who can listen to podcasts or whatever, some movie scores are always nice and some movies have really good scores. So there's, you know, I got some things from Beale Street and um, nice. I love Jurassic Park. 
There's no Star Wars in this one. I didn't do that to y'all. But um, <laughs> Inception has some good things. Um, and who else? Interstellar. Interstellar. Very good nice. sound. Like, very good score. So mm. they make you feel feelings. <laughs> There's no words. That's but- good. Bill right, Street makes right. you want to cry. Oh, I did get one like really sad one. Like there's Dumbledore's death, the music that plays when he dies. That does something okay. to my spirit, but but it's good. Right. I did okay. get some John yeah. Williams. I just know Star Wars. Right, right, right. That's pretty dope. Yeah, please make that available. I want to. I want to hear some. I'm, I'm always a sucker for a good like for good scores. Yeah, I got um, you. I'll share it on our yeah. Twitter. I'm trying to think, man. That didn't really jog anything for me when it comes to. Movies. You don't organize I, your sock drawer or, well, not necessarily movies things, but like things that you did that you would normally do. Yeah. No, not for, not for real, man. It's kind of been business as usual for me. I haven't really stopped working. Um, me neither. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. How about you, Martin? Um, nah, my, my routine's pretty much the same. Yeah. I guess, um, uh, what's really different is like the way I look at people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Say more, Martin. <laughs> Sounds so morbid, you know. Yeah, but go ahead, though. No, I just finish that. Statement. I just look at everybody like they're a bomb because I mean they could be really right. And like people that don't wear masks or gloves, or people that like, like I was talking to my neighbor the the yesterday, or what? I was talking to my neighbor yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he had he had just been working on his house, and he was sweating. And I was just looking at his sweat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't like you fling that shit over here? <laughs> like, let, let's let's hurry up this conversation type of thing. Wow! Yeah. Wow! I, I I have caught myself saying a few times. I was like, it's so ironic, man. This this jump feels like the Watchmen now. When I go Yo. out, everybody got on a mask and gloves. And, uh, now yeah. that's that is what I that is what and I didn't think about it from the perspective of it being like a Watchmen thing, but I've said like this does not feel like real life. It feels like a movie. Like I feel like I'm living something yeah. from a movie. Yeah, it's pretty this is, crazy. This, there's, there's clearly a shift here. Like this is going to be a huge shift. This is one of those things that we're going to remember, like nine eleven, where it's like everything before this is that's you know is very blurry and everything after yeah. this is very now that's what's weird is because 9 11 like we could all recount like exactly the moment where we were at in 9 11 but for yeah. kids now it, this thing is spread out over months maybe years so like they're gonna really really at the same time they're gonna remember it very well but at the same time it's like it's gonna happen over a long period of time so yeah. it's gonna be one big haze at the same time. So I don't think right. my daughter was like taking it seriously until they told her her grades was based on the average of the, the other grading periods. Then she was like, "Oh shoot!" But, yeah. but um, she's been doing. She's been looking forward to doing her schoolwork, to getting on like Google Classroom and like doing a meet with her class. She's been looking forward to it. So oh, that's dope. Yeah. We've been homeschooling. Well, I should say my wife has. She's been doing an amazing job. Shout out to my wife. I had um, to teach my daughter the, vo- the 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 volume of shapes yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, I could teach my daughter algebraic equation. Look at me." Boy, <laughs> so yeah. we're, doing, we're doing order of operations, getting our PEMDAS on. Hey, PEMDAS, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. They bought a PEMDAS on. Uh, have y'all did y'all watch Ozark season three? I have only. I watched, watched the like the first episode. Oh, PEMDAS came up when they introduced um Wendy's brother. Wait, Wendy's brother? Oh shit! All right, oh, I'll stop. Okay, 
Is yeah, he like stop, stupid or something? Well, no, it's not even like a big thing. Like, not a I big mean, reveal. It's not, it's not a big reveal. Oh, but, okay, but yeah, Wendy's brother does make an appearance. Oh, okay, in this joint. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, man. Um, y'all ready to jump into this devs, man? Sure. I, I'm For not real gonna lie. I was very, very excited about this show when I first saw the the first preview, the first trailer. I was so excited about this joint. Well, I, I was a huge fan of Ex Machina. Like I've seen that movie like a million times. No, I times. loved I loved Ex Machina. I I've, yeah. I've watched. Well, you know how I feel about Donald Gleason, so there's that. And I like Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac, so there was there was no reason for me not to watch Ex Machina. Not to see that, yeah. Um, yeah. And I see different things when I watch it now than I did the first time. Right. Um. Not so much for me. I was just like, oh, this seems existential and science fiction-y and nerdy. Let me watch it. But it wasn't like, oh, I got to watch that. It was just kind of like, oh, I ain't doing shit else. Why not? <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Okay. See, now nah, I was super excited. How about you, Mark? Uh, I was definitely excited. That was the first show I watched on Hulu. So, it was, yeah. And oh, it, so was, gonna... it, it, it was already like all eight episodes that was the week that the eighth episode dropped or whatever so i could just oh go you binged through. it yeah oh, i binged yeah, it in like a day and a half oh yeah you won one yeah yeah i had to wait i was in the i was in the ether boy waiting for, uh, per episode yeah. that and, last um, episode i watched like the first three back to back but that last episode i was just like come on <laughs> Oh, see, man, nah, I had a way different experience, man. Like, all right, so so just to get into the uh, you know the formalities, um, Debs is the latest offering from Alex Garland, who you know uh, again we, he wrote and uh, directed De- uh, not Debs but Ex Machina. Um, he did Annihilation. Uh, I, I think did he not wrote like Twenty Eight Days. He wrote Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, he wrote Sunshine. So those, both of those are Danny Boyle films. Um, and Dread. When I was looking through his uh, credits, I saw that he wrote Dread, Martin, and I know you appreciated Dread. Yeah, I like Dread. And, uh, I know Corey did too. Did you ever see Dread, uh, Lizzie? No, that was oh, a, that Dredd was a was reboot good. of Judge Dread, right? Yeah, but it was but it was it was really good, man. And oh, I did. saw that before I saw the raid, and y'all put me on. That's why I saw the raid because y'all put me onto it, Martin. He did Never Let I Me Go. Dredd. I like that. He did what? Never, Never Let, me, let go? me Go. I've never seen that. That's that um, that? Andrew Garfield and what is that child's name? Uh, oh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, he wrote nice. that. It's it's you know futuristic. It's, it's kind of like the island, but not as dramatic and silly. Gotcha. <laughs> but and so that seems to be his bag, man. He's very much. It seems like he's very much into. I don't know what the term for it is. I mean, science fiction is his stuff is definitely rooted in some sort of science fiction, but. Um, I, I I think you hit it right on the head when you said existential, like mm-hmm. it, you, you know. Oh, he wrote the beach. Uh, yeah, the beach. Yeah, yeah, he wrote the. I think that was the first thing. He, I think that was a novel he did for the beach that it was adapted into Danny Boyle. That was the first time he worked with Danny Boyle. Um, yeah, I, he did. Did he, he do the screenplay novel. or was it just a novel? He wrote the novel. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Because I think yeah, I don't know who did the screenplay. I f- I feel like Danny Boyle adapted it, but. I don't know offhand, but yeah, man, I, I've been a huge fan of his uh, ever since I've seen Ex Machina. I, that had a distinct style to me personally, and I just knew that it was a this was something different, you know. Um, and I, I gotta say, man, from from the first 
you know, two minutes into this show, I was very glad. Like he, you know, he put his stamp, uh, his directorial stamp style on this man. For him to only have like two things that he's ever directed underneath his belt, he already has a distinct style um, that you can just feel that just comes oozes right off the screen, man. Um, and I that that in itself, like he masters tone the soundtrack i wanted to bring it up when you were talking about soundtracks earlier man the soundtrack to this sh- is very it, good it, oh it's so good yeah. man if you just if you muted the if we had the ability to mute just like the dialogue and listen to the sound this thing would be an adventure in itself but um so so overall i, I mean i was thoroughly excited about the show you said Lizzie, how do you feel about the show overall um, I enjoyed it. Overall, I enjoyed it, but I just, I wasn't excited a- ahead of it. I was just like, oh, what's this? Gotcha. And and Martin, where were you at with it? Oh, no, I loved it. Just, I mean, I didn't have any other, like, opinions about it to, like, read about. I just went in dark and didn't know anything for real, and, and I binged it straight in, like, a day and a half, so I really liked it. Gotcha. So, so it didn't, from the first episode, like the no, whole. No, the first episode pulled me the fuck in. It did. Ooh. Yeah, man. First of all, man, Carl Glussman, man, whoever picks his scripts is on point, man. He's, he's, he's been in some really drop dead, like great independent projects, man, from nocturnal animals to love and, uh, and then, you know, and, and, and this, uh, I think he was a neon demon as well. Okay. And then to this man, to he, whoever picks his scripts is on point. They need a raise. Um, but so, so you said that it, it pulled you in. What pulled you in about the first episode, Lizzie? Just the mystery of it. Um, watching Sergey like get promoted to devs and seeing he was having all these reactions, but not actually knowing what was going on in the moment. And then you know they murked the nigga, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That <laughs> threw me. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't so expecting you, him to get murked you- either. Do you think what did you think he saw on the computer screen? Um, I'm not sure. I don't I, I yeah. obviously he was looking into the past cuz he wasn't allowed to look at the future. Um, but I'm not I'm not exactly sure what he saw cuz they didn't talk about like him having a conversation with anyone. Um, maybe he saw himself? Yeah, I thought he saw his own mm. death or something like that. Um, but no, because no, that would have been the future. It would have been the future. But he may have seen oh. like himself, like, you know, that morning or the day before things that should not have been recorded that they could see. Yeah. But were but they weren't, they weren't recording them, were they? No, they, it's like deja vu, like the movie deja vu. They were able to project back into time. Right. But, but we... He didn't. We don't think he saw his. No, we don't think we saw he saw his past, right? Because they weren't. They they hadn't worked that out yet. No, they could. They, see, no, they, they could see the out. past, and they, they could see they the future. They were just lying about it. Yeah, they knew everything oh. that was going to happen. I didn't realize that they could see the, the, the. Well, I didn't realize that the the programmers could see the past at that point because. No, they it hadn't, hadn't been revealed at that point. But you were asking, what do we think he saw? And I'm saying at that moment, I have no idea what he saw. But you were, no, you you said you think he saw the past because he couldn't see the future, right? I think he saw something about himself, yes. 
Oh, okay. So something about himself. Yeah, that that's an interesting question because you know that like initially that was a question of mine, and maybe that's the benefit of kind of seeing it all at one time. But as the series went on, I kind of became less um, occupied with what he actually saw, and I just knew it was no. You know what? Now that I think about it, he had to see something from his past because the because of how um what's his name what's nick offerman's name in this joint forest yeah because of what forest said to him he was basically saying he said life is determined like it's determined in them right and then he was he was like this is absolution and like we already know what you're gonna damn i i now you make me want to go back to the first episode now because now i'm gonna be i'm gonna be preoccupied with what did he see? Because he threw up and everything. So it was definitely something that knocked him off. Knocked him off of his square. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but had you guys? So at that moment, we did realize that this was a thing about time travel. No, I like, had no idea what was going on. It was he alluded to it when he when he then like killed him that he knew what was going to happen. Right. Um, which is very similar to what's going on in Westworld this season, even though I'm not caught up. I got like three episodes to watch now. But Duh. Man, two things that I've said about devs, because, uh, you know, my wife and I have had these discussions pretty much every week after we watch Westworld and we watch devs. I said, honestly, dev seems like the perfect sequel to, I mean, not sequel, but prequel to Westworld. I was like, you know, I feel like. To this what season we're seeing, of Westworld. Huh, to, to this season of Westworld. Yes, this season makes me see the comparison more. But what I was saying, basically what I was saying to her is like, this feels like the technology that Rehoboam in Westworld is pretty much modeled after. Right. You know, so th- this seems like th- this is this is the development side of making Rehoboam. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And Rehoboam's like what it, what this machine looks like you know, 60 years down the line or whatever the case may be. Um, so, you know, but the two, huh? Th- those quantum computers are like a real thing. Like yeah. that, that, that gold computer. Like I think they, they made like a particle, like go back in time, like a few seconds or something like that with one of those computers. I heard about that. I want to say it was on radio lab that they, like they were testing determinism based on behaviors of particles. Yeah. Wow, I hadn't heard anything about that. What was who who was doing that test? I don't know who don't, was doing it. I know I those computers are like, either, but it exists. <laughs> they they're like extremely powerful. I think there's like they they made an equation that would take like the most powerful regular computer like ten thousand years to solve, and I think the that computer solved it in like two hundred min, minutes or something like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that, that see, but that makes this show to me even iller because, and no matter what happened in this show, there was no portion of it that I felt like couldn't happen in real life. And you know, as like that's how I felt. Like I, oh, I didn't yeah. feel like I was watching something that was completely intangible. Did y'all feel that way? No, not at all. It didn't seem like so futuristic that it was implausible. Yeah, and and that's what I, I was excited about that because sometimes when things get too techy, um. I, I seem to sort of like lose my balance in it, you know? Um, and, and, you know, when they were sitting down he was showing them the whole equation and, you know, the whole algorithm from the, at the beginning, I thought we were about to go down this really, really, you know, massive tech wormhole. And, uh, and we didn't, it just turned out to be a murder mystery. 
you know. Um, in the which, beginning, which, and then, but I kind of liked the murder mystery part of it more than I was like into the philosophical bits. And then I kind of came back around to like the philosophical bits. But I'm just nowhere clear. I was showing up for the violence. It was violent, and I enjoyed that a lot. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was showing up for the mystery. I was showing up for the journey. Um, violence was part of that journey. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yo, uh, Kenton, Kenton was a, yo, oh he was a God. beast, yo. He was scary. He, when he broke he, the he Russian dude's me. neck, I was like, oh my God. Uh, he reminds he me a lot of Mike, for real. He's like the, if Mike was in the tech world. <laughs> Mike from, Mike from, Mike uh, from uh, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Just kind of like that older disposition. Yeah, he, um, he's a villain, but it's like you kind of understand where he's coming from and his side. Like that moment in see, episode two, I think, where he sees her talking to the Russian agent and he's just like annoyed by the whole thing. Yeah, because <laughs> like, he knows now. Like, like, he's, like, used oh, to just, he's used to just collecting a check, but now he like actually has to do work or whatever. So My part right. was when he told Forrest, uh, he was like, not going to jail for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, I'm like, so, you're not going to jail for him. You done killed like three niggas already. <laughs> right. So just so we, like, help me understand this, guys. Did, do we, did Kenton... Did Kenton have enough clearance to understand what Devs actually was? I think he knew what he knew what it was, but he wasn't privy to like the the future. Like they didn't tell him, they didn't tell him that much information, right? But they told just, him enough basically to keep him on his tram line, I guess. Gotcha. I think they. I don't think so. I don't think he. I don't think he really. I think that they they had a way to predict the future, and he knew that. But in terms of like what that actually meant in a tangible sense. I don't think he knew that. Right. What they the application of it. Um, all right. So, so who, who, who does know what devs does? We know, um, force knows, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Katie knows. Katie knows. Um, Lyndon does. Knows. You said Lyndon knows. Mm-hmm. And okay. Stewart. How about who? Stuart. Stu- Yo, right, right. Stuart. Yeah. Cause yeah. Lyndon Stewart. Okay. And those those were the only other two that were part of devs, right? Well, there's a whole there's a whole devs team, but most of them they don't really have that much except for the one scene where they're looking at the looking at themselves. Right. But yeah, there's a whole devs team though. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um Okay. So Speaking of Stewart, that actor Stephen McKinley Henderson. Yeah, he's I do from, not he's remember seeing. Yeah, that's the first time I remember seeing him, and now I fucking yeah. see him everywhere. And apparently, yeah. he was in a a shit ton of stuff before that. He was in Lady Bird. Oh, yeah, he was son. the he was mm-hmm. the preacher in Lady. He was a uh, priest in Lady Bird or whatever. Like the he Catholic was in Manchester priest. by the Sea. And it wow, says he's yeah. in the sweet blood of Jesus. I do not remember him in the sweet blood of Jesus, but I got to go neither, back and man. watch it. It doesn't surprise me, though. He was an extremely loud and incredibly close. I don't remember that. But like, I thought maybe he was a stage actor that Denzel put on for Fences. But no, he yeah. I guess that's his breakout role because I, I see him everywhere now. But I don't. And right. he's good. But I don't he's remember. So good. Yeah, I don't remember him before Fences. You know what's funny? Oh, and we didn't mention this either, too, man. Uh, rest in peace to Brian Dennehy. But that's who, that's what he kind of reminds me of. Like, I put him in that. I put uh, Stephen McKinley in that um, bracket that I put Brian Dennehy, Brian Cox, and like those older those older guys that just kind of like. Come um, in and fucking kill it. 
they come in, kill it, and they walk away. And 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 like you said, like be, before you recognize who they are, they're already like thirty films deep in some of your favorite, you know, some of the best films of the you know the past decade. You know what I just saw though. He's gonna be, he's gonna be in Dune. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be in Dune. Yeah, he's in Dune. Nice. So he's definitely he's in his stride right now. But I feel like Fences yeah. did it for him. Like it, I feel like he was in things, but like having real parts post Fences. Right. Well, which, I'm totally with you. That that's the first time that I noticed him. Yeah. Um, and, he has he know, has so. like one of those like faces that you trust too. Like so like having him play the priest in Lady Bird is kind of like Makes I totally sense. get it. Yeah. He has he one really of those like. Old magical Negro faces that you trust. Right, right. No, he's he definitely a magical it. Negro in this show, and I, but I didn't mind it so much because he seemed like the smartest person. He did well. He he seemed like he had the wisdom to really understand um the the, the implications of what they were doing, but he also was, he was sane the, and he was wise. So because right. I think I think Lyndon is also sane, but Lyndon's naive. Right, completely, and then obviously due to age. Right. Um, because so, he had to tell yeah. Linda, he was like, "Yo, he just told you he was gonna kill you." Yeah, you need to fall back. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's just the bottom line. Do you need to be yeah, right. And, or and do he you never need to said live? that. Yeah, and he never said that. And you, man, yo, Alex Garland's writing. I, I spent the entire first episode, like, I was probably blowing it for for my wife, man, because I spent the entire first episode just like. I would pause and be like, yo, did you just hear that conversation? Like the like the minimalism in his conversation, but the precision of it, you know, and in, in, in these in this script, man, was fucking amazing. And, and sometimes you don't realize how good good writing is until it shows up and you're like, yo, like it just it just sends a chill down your spine, man, because you're like, yo, what they just said so much and didn't say much at all, dog. There you go. Yeah. And, and 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 to me that was the strength of Kenton, right? Like the like the scene and when uh he broke the, the boyfriend's fingers in the tub. Well, first of all, he should get boyfriend or ex boyfriend of the year, man. He did the most Jamie for, for Lily. Yeah. What's his name again? What's Jamie. I, I can't hear you say that Jamie. Jamie. Jamie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jamie, man, he uh he should get ex boyfriend of the millennium for, for what he did, man. Uh, man I, I probably would have told Shorty she can kick rocks. Yeah, I was telling Jamie, like, yo, leave, man. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> right. Like, he yeah, was doing the most, like. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing the most, man. She must have put, she must have um, made spaghetti for him or something. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, though. I do. You're disgusting. Mm, Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad because he, he's dead, like. I mean, there's a fake version of him in this new world that she's with, but like the real Jamie, he's like gone. Yeah. He don't so really get closure. So, so let's jump to that. Let's jump to the. To, well, I don't want to wanna jump to the ending quite quite yet. Like, were there okay, any things right. that was like mind blowing for you when you when you saw it? Like that just kind of took you out. Um. Oh, uh, for me, like the Lyndon's death scene. That I mean, was that's it episode for me too. seven. That was it for me. Lyndon's death oh. scene. Because yeah, she told, she the, told the Lyndon dam. that like you can you can hang right here, and if you live, you can come back. But you know, if you if your theory is right, and there's a multiverse, then there's a there's a universe where you live. Like, yeah, yeah, that was that. 
I think I'd already been blown before that, but I'm just trying to think of. It's like I almost need a synopsis of the episodes. Is it's it so like when happened. you heard Jesus's voice or whatever? Was that like a mind blowing thing? No, I think um, no, that didn't do it for me, man. I'm trying to think. I where... think the inciting incident was like big for me too to see why Forrest was like so obsessed. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 was the moment for me where I started to identify with him a lot more. Uh-huh. I'll say that, you know, um, you know, the whole, the whole statue of his daughter and this thing that was freaking me out, man. <laughs> like in the skyline, you the know, Amaya statue. Yeah. Uh, the Amaya sign or the Amaya, whatever landmark, um, that was freaking me out. But yeah, when I saw the inciting incident, I think it really, I really started, it really started muddying the waters for me of who was the antagonist, you know? Um, I mean, it was clear who the antagonists were, but you know, it was just that moment where it's like, damn, I, you start to just understand. Well, the best the villains obsession. have a noble goal, right? We've said that like, Oh yeah. The best sure. villains are the ones you can empathize with. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what made it, that's what made it, uh, that's, you know, that's what kept me going. Just to under, you know, just I trying think, to understand. Exactly I think he was, was. He wouldn't even say he had a goal. I think he would say he he didn't really have a choice. He was just like a unwilling participant in this whole thing. Would be his yeah, theory. But, that but, that's what makes know, him like a really great villain. Is like he told her at the end. He was like, "I didn't take anything from you. You never had anything." Right. Yeah, it, was it started getting very deep and philosophical, man. Like, yeah. Martin, we had a conversation, uh, you know, like, I guess probably like a couple of days after the season finale came on and you really opened my eyes to a few things. Like I did, I, it never, it never dawned on me, even though at, at, at a point I realized that they had the ability to see time, you know, to, to, to see history. I mean, you know, they told you that from the beginning, but I didn't really think about it in like a, in the perspective of why they were reacting to things the way that they were, you know, like there was never like a, there was never an outpour of emotion. It's like that we had seen this a million times. And that was something that I had never really thought about until Martin brought it to my attention. And I thought that was brilliant because it explained the monotone nature, the very stoic nature of this entire, um, this entire show, man. And I, that was a bomb for me. I'll say that. Like, I honestly, I got, I got a lot more bombs um, in that conversation with you, Martin, than I actually did in the show. The show was just, I was just so encapsulated with the experience that thinking outside of the technology and what the technology was doing for the structure of the show, it, it, it didn't even really cross my mind. I was just so engulfed in the, in, I, I was literally in Lily's shoes, like understanding this as she was understanding it. You know, she was my surrogate into this thing. So when you, what- um, Go ahead. Oh, so when you were watching it, did you realize Lily is the same, is like the android from um, Ex Machina? Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah she's, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't get that um, until the end. I, I, yeah, I noticed that. But I, I don't, I didn't notice that. That is because the same I actress. Recognized is that what her. you're saying? Yeah, that's yeah. the same actress. Yeah, because the they made her look Oscar. like a little boy. <laughs> Say again? Because they made her look like a little boy. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's they very did. androgynous, and very. Uh, she doesn't speak in Ex Machina, also, right? Yeah, she doesn't very speak. Min- she what, has like she? one line, I think. I don't oh, think yeah. she speaks at all in Ex Machina. I don't remember her speaking. 
Maybe she I makes that like noise. I feel like she said something right before he killed her. Oh, or right before, yeah, like, but right before she killed him, she might have said yeah. something. Yeah, hmm. I, I feel I like to she watch did. It again. So, so um, you know, but I even also didn't even... know that Lyndon was a girl. Like I looked at Lyndon the first time, I was like, "Is that a girl? Is, she, is he supposed to be like a trans boy?" And then right. um, later on, I was like looking on the IMDb page because I try not to do that until I get to a certain point within watching something. And then right. I was like, I knew that was a girl. I am not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, what, what was the point? What's the point? Like, I don't think there was the necessarily p- a point. I think that. I don't think Lyndon was supposed to be a trans boy necessarily. It's, it's a conversation like how when we were watching Queen and Slim, how I was saying that. um uh india what's her name india moore is that her name india yeah. moore uh, um the trans like woman that, that was that plays angel on pose that was also in um and queen and slim i was like was she playing a trans woman was she playing a cis woman and it's like well does it matter does that change anything about the story um right. and that's the same thing here i don't necessarily think that because the the actress that plays Lyndon is, is a cis woman she doesn't she's not a trans man so right and i don't i mean Lyndon. I guess in real life, if Lyndon was, if Lyndon was a trans boy, then it's kind of like, that's not the first thing you notice about him. Right. Um, you notice that he's really fucking smart and that's why he's here. So it's not anything we need to discuss. Um, right. Whether or not you clock him, like doesn't matter. Cause in real life, there are going to be trans people that you clock and trans people that you don't clock. So, right. Um, so but I don't know if I that just... was on purpose, but I noticed they made Lily look like a little boy. And that was just kind of like, okay. But if she was the that's object of I'm everyone's saying. desire too, so I don't know. Yeah, that's but that, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like if it was just Lily, but the fact that it's you know it's Lily and um, Lyndon, oh, uh, huh, and Lyndon, yeah, yeah. That even though Lyndon is supposed to be a boy, like it, just, I'm just what are they trying to say with that? Like I don't know. I, I think, I don't he think he just they're said... trying to say anything. Yeah, I think he just says she's playing a boy. I mean, I recognized her from Pacific Rim too. Oh, okay. She was like a little kid in that movie, so mm. I mean, I recognized her face immediately. Gotcha. So it that well, that scene kind of did take me out a little bit, but I just got used to it for real. Yeah, <laughs> funny. Um, I guess I guess but- I guess people in the world are sometimes androgynous, and I think you know people in the world obviously are sometimes trans and so like they're just they're just seeing themselves on a screen and it doesn't sexualize them which i actually appreciate right right i i i see what you're saying there yeah maybe that's where we go just nor- normalizing them in a way that's very normal a lot of times when we talk about um people from the the alphabet community we <laughs> we, the we, they, oh, we tend to focus on normalizing them having sex as opposed to like normalizing them as people uh, and I actually appreciate point. that so much more because we don't need to sexualize them. We do that enough in real life and it doesn't help anything. Right. Good point. Point taken. Um, what other moments are we talking about in this show, man? Well, I mean, he to broke me, dude's hard, neck on the tire. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just yeah. knew the Russian dude was going to take him out. <laughs> yeah, it looked like yeah. he Oh, the editing in this man. This this you know what I'll say because uh, Alex Garland is a he's a London born, um, you know, uh, writer, producer, director. You know, he's London born. And then you know we've been having a lot more on these uh, on our group chats. I've been bringing up Stanley Kubrick a lot, and you know Stanley Kubrick is a is a 
was a London-born director as well. This show had a very Kubrickian quality to it, like in terms of like the editing, sure, um, the pacing, just the very ominous nature of it. This is a very Kubrickian style. It, so it just makes me wonder, like, I wonder if Kubrick was like a, a is a source of inspiration for Alex Garland. When I think about like, um, you know, they say that Kubrick uh, was supposed to do AI, the the artificial intelligence, the movie that Steven Spielberg ended up doing after Kubrick passed away. That was initially Steven, uh, Steven Kubrick. That was initially Stanley Kubrick's project um, that Steven Spielberg took over because they had a good relationship and. He knew how much it meant to him Um, and Kubrick respected. He was like, you know, Spielberg was one of the only American directors that Kubrick really respected. So um, I see a lot of when you think about Ex Machina, when you think about this and you think about artificial intelligence and then you think about the presentation of this, it's almost hard not to look at that parallel between Alex Garland and um, and and Stanley Kubrick. Did you guys kind of pick that up as well or? Taking taking AI out of the out of the equation, I do I did notice a similarity. Now that you're saying it, not in the moment, but when you when you kind of force me to look at it through that lens, there's a similarity in Ex Machina and in this, and the way that they deliver lines. Right. That um, and now that I think about it, in Annihilation too, where they they don't respond so rapidly, they breathe through moments, and the pace of the conversation is very like odd. Right. So, yeah, and and that goes back to what I was saying. Like, he's he's put his footprint. That's This is kind of his style now, as we're seeing between, because it's the same thing with Annihilation as well. Um, the, yeah, Like you said, this is, so this is kind of like his style. So that was a big reveal for me when they, you know, I know you said you didn't want to skip to the end. No, we can now. The, I'm ready. <laughs> get, <laughs> skip it to the end. Um, When, when he said uh, the reveal, when he was like, it's kind of between, you know, it's like an inside joke that devs is really deus, mm-hmm. right? It's so, <laughs> right. But so the term deus ex machina mm-hmm. literally means God in a machine. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was, you know, going back to when I was explaining the show to people, I was like, man, my, my qualifier for if you would like this show was like, yo, did you like ex machina? As soon as they were like, yes, I was like, yo, this is like the television version of Ex Machina. And I was saying that without even realizing that the two are obviously purposefully connected. Like, I think even even um, the girl who played Lily, playing Lily, but also being an Ex Machina, I think that's purposeful. You know, um, you know, this is like, like Ex Machina is like the evolution of this. You know what I mean? Uh, is the evolution of devs. And I think devs is literally supposed to be like, the the inciting incident that gets us to these artificial intelligent uh you know formats that we're seeing with like Westworld and with Ex Machina and anything that talks about artificial intelligence this is how this is how that information is is gathered and processed by understanding seeing evaluating and monitoring the past um and compiling all of that data into the present you know um so for me, that was a big thing when when he said that. And I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't make that connection off the rip. I had to Google it. And I was like, oh, and when I saw him together, it was like that was a big puzzle piece for me, man. And I, I think for somebody to be able to do that, you know, to sort of blend their formats from television to movie and it still have like one overall arcing message, man. Uh, you know, he he's like, I'm, I'm going to say this, but I don't mean it in that way. Y'all remember like when Kanye first came out? 
And it was like, you know, he had, um, what was it? What was his first late registration? No, that wasn't his first college album. Dropout. Was his first album. College dropout. Yeah, college dropout, then late registration, then graduation. There was kind of like an entire world that he created. That that's what it feels like Alex Garland is doing like a Kanye rollout, you know, where it's like he has an overall message that he's really trying to like just put into the atmosphere and he's using this visual medium to connect them all. Um so that was a big moment for me. Yeah, it finale. definitely feels like it could be a shared universe at some point. Yeah. I, I so that. I th- I think it's meant to be that. You know, that, that I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is like this is almost this is almost this is a thousand percent an extension of that. Like I wouldn't say it's know. an extension of it. I would say that it works in reverse order. So I would say like devs preceding ex machina makes sense because with a yes. computer, um with you know, computers are big and then they get small. So right. with a computer with that kind of um, power for uh, computation, I don't know, a cuter way of saying that, <laughs> like <laughs> a, a, a computer that powerful can get smaller. Um, right. So you think about like what our phones are able to do and how like what our phones can do is to take like an entire room of computers. So right. I would I would think that in the future, as technology continues to advance, like, well, what if we put this kind of thought process into something that resembles us what does that look like and um was she operating from a perspective of determinism did she know exactly what the humans around her were going to do so she knew exactly how to persuade them make them do you're what talk, she you're talking to about do. lily no i'm talking about an ex machina oh right 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 so i would say this hmm. would precede that like was was something that was was the was the computer here was deus uh you know like i said the seed for her brain in terms of artificial intelligence yeah i think so i think so i think i think it's safe to say that it was and i i I think also um I, i seeing this for me helps me understand westworld a lot better personally you know what i mean um so i i think there is a connection there I think um I don't know if it was Alex Gar- Garland that said this but I think he said something like if Forrest and Oscar Isaac's character met like they wouldn't really like each other like Oscar Isaac would think Forrest is stupid and Forrest would think that uh Oscar Isaac is stupid for thinking he's a god so it's like they they really wouldn't collaborate or get along for real. interesting they have two different philosophies I mean, one of them thinks he is god and the other one wants to control god yeah. And which one is which? Well, Oscar Isaac is God because he created like a new life form. That's what right. he thinks he is God. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was the line they said about Messiahs uh, in the in season finales? She was like, Lily was like, the thing about Messiahs is. They're they false die. prophets. Yeah, they're false prophets. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then I turn um, around and watch Waco. <laughs> Ooh, I know you, it sounded like y'all were having a. I want to see Waco just because of the conversation you. Yeah, and well, were we having. we can talk about it because we got time, yeah, we'll right? To right? Not today, right. but another day Not when today, Corey right. can participate. You know what just dawned on me too? Westworld is created by Jonathan Nolan, who is also a London London-born director as well. They um, have this thing about time. They like to talk about time. They do, man. I wonder what that's about. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So how do you oh. guys feel about the end? Like I did not like the ending. Yeah, she hated it. I oh, loved yeah. it, man. 
Yeah, I I loved it. What'd you think about it, Martin? I liked it actually, because you yeah. you could read it two different ways. Like you could read it as determinism, or you could read it as free will. I guess depending on how you see it, because same like the the outcome the outcome is the same. Like they both die, which is what they saw on the screen. But even in them both dying, she still had like the free will to like change something about the situation. So, I mean, if you, you want to see it from a deterministic standpoint, then you would say, oh, is determinism, they both died, the outcome is the same. But if you want to see it from free will, it's like even in that moment, she had something, she had choice, whereas other people didn't. So, right. I mean, you could see it either way. So that that's what I like about the ending. Yeah. Well, in that so, situation, though, did did Stuart make a choice, or did the universe correct? You said, did Stuart make a choice? Mm-hmm. Or did the Lily made a choice not to shoot Forrest in the head, right? Which changed the outcome, right? That's why the machine stopped working, and then Stuart took it in, upon himself to ensure that they both died. Right. So did he make a choice or did the did the universe self-correct? That's a great uh, question. Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, I th- I think I think um I I would say And does he think of himself I, I, now I, as as like like a godlike persona because he's then like he kills god. Well, I think maybe yeah, I think he, he his his purpose was always to be there. And like, make sure that Forrest never made it out. I think he right. might have had an idea of what was going to happen, and if for some reason like Lily didn't kill Forrest, I think he was there to like do it. Just because so you feel like he, you feel like he stood there. You feel like he stood there because he was going to kill Forrest anyway. Yeah, to complete yeah to complete his loop. He was yeah he was definitely testing Forrest and Katie like earlier than in that episode with like the mm-hmm. poetry and stuff like that because he's trying to like get some type of like maybe you understand maybe you understand how bad this is maybe you understand like what you guys have done like how this is going to affect the world maybe right. if you might understand through poetry i can't really just come out and say what you're doing because you're just going to look at me stupid and and he realizes that Forrest doesn't know, Katie doesn't know, and so I guess he's there to like stop the whole thing. Do they right. not you feel like they don't realize the ramifications of what they've done? Yeah, exactly. And I think well, he's trying both to show fucking them sociopaths, so there's that. I don't I don't think there's sociopaths though. I think I think you would be that way if let's say She definitely is. Well, well, let's let's say let's say it like this, right? You see, uh, you watch a movie, right? And it says in two months you're gonna kill somebody, right? So you might grieve, you might like that person, you might feel a type of way, but two months later you're gonna kind of just be like they are, like where they know they have to go through with this. They've they've already seen it, they've already grieved, they've already felt like the rush of rush of emotions that they go through when something traumatic like that happens. So by the time they get to the get to it, is they're like completely emotionless about it. But they believe that they don't have a choice. I believe I have a choice. Well, so so okay. Here's my question: because when when he found when he found um, Katie in the classroom, right, 
And she was arguing with her instructor. She was arguing that determinism is not a thing, correct? Yeah, she was ar- arguing for the many worlds principle. For, for the many ours, worlds yeah. principle. So she kind of she in the in the the span of working for Forrest, uh, she just came to take on the job of defending the like making him feel better about the fact that he didn't have a choice, right? Well, yeah. Like, her, but she did, she didn't really believe that. Yeah, she didn't really believe that, but she was trying to make it um so like trying trying to prove determinism even though she didn't necessarily believe in it. Right. So I, I took it as like But for took, but Lyndon 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 was the person who proved to them that the multiverse exists, right? Yeah, that's why Lyndon got fired. That's why he got fired, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so when she went to convince Lyndon to kill himself, was she at that moment like secretly hoping that what she saw was wrong? I no. I think a part of her was. You know, I, you don't I think, think a part so? of her I think huh? she just knew Lyndon had to go and she and that's the way Lyndon had to go basically. Cause it, I mean, it kind of shows there's no reality in which Lyndon lives, really. Like in every reality, that that convergence point, Lyndon always dies. So, and she, I think she knows that. Well, well yeah, but I think a part of her, I think a part of her, you know, and this this was a byproduct of that conversation I had with you too, Martin. Is that like? She was re- she was really like a criminal lawyer, right? In the way that the possibility of you doing this is uh, you, the possibility of you being a piece of shit is imminent. Like that, it's there. It, you could be yeah. a piece of shit, but I'm arguing that you're not, right? Like so, I'm I think, arguing that there's doubt. I, yeah, I'm arguing beyond a reasonable doubt. doubt. Yeah. Right. So, so I think a part of her, a part of her would want Lyndon at that moment to not fall off the dam because it proves that her theory is correct. But also if Lyndon walks off of that dam, then it's, it's empirical evidence that like, yo force, you could have done something about your family dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so it's kind of like, it's a rock and a hard place either way for her. And I think she's not really invested in the, I don't know. I don't know how invested she is with the outcome as much as Forrest is. What is what is her like? What does she get out of proving that determinism is a thing? She gets to continue um, to support him. She, yeah, she's developed uh, a relationship with him and it's cathartic for him. So she's supporting him because she thinks it helps him be better in some way. It gives him some kind of comfort, I think. Right. But so so, so her stake in it is is romantic, right? Like I that, think so. I, that I, yeah. I I don't want my man to I, I don't want my man to drive himself crazy thinking that he could have did something different about his family, right? Cuz so I know we've already gone too too deep down that rabbit hole, but the two theories are determinism and the the the, the multiverse. The, what, the multiverse. So and determinism saying that like there's only one possible way that an outcome can happen. This is what Forest there's one, re- there's is, one. There's one reality, and it is predetermined. Correct. One determined pre. You know, one predetermined reality in the multiverse of like there is a million different outcomes to so this the, one situation. The multiverse says that no. The multiverse okay. <laughs> says that for every decision that you make, 
if there are multiple decisions that you can make, there is a alternate reality for each of those multiple decisions. Gotcha. So the multi in the multiverse, have you ever seen um, the sound of thunder? I think it's called uh-uh. where they basically experience the butterfly effect. It is um, I've seen the butterfly effect. <laughs> right, but it's not that. This one, they have the ability right. to travel back in time, and they they can't change anything that happens in time because it changes the course of evolution in time. Right. So it's basically that. So this guy kills a, literally a butterfly. Um, he steps on a butterfly. They have to like walk in a specific place because people go on these dinosaur adventures. They want to see dinosaurs, and they have to mm. walk, be in the space for a specific amount of time, and not change anything. Walk in a specific place so that it doesn't impact the future right so because one time they took these people in and they stepped on a butterfly it changed the complete course of evolution sure um and so like they had to figure out how to go back in time and like even fix that so that that wouldn't happen um so that people wouldn't just be annihilated and they could come back to their reality but of course, right. we get to see like what happens when things are fucked up before they can fix it. Um, right. So the multiverse would support that. Um, you know, we don't that. You know, trees exists, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe some your dad has an orgasm two seconds earlier, and a different sperm goes in the egg, and it's not even you here, right? Or that that decision right. is exactly the same, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you make a different decision and maybe you have a different wife, which means you have different children. Like right. there's an, inf- the multiverse supports an infinite number infinite of possibilities, possibilities yeah. because each time that there is a decision to be made, all of the possibilities exist. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a world where you brushed your teeth two seconds later than you did this time. You know what right. I mean? And that's why he was saying, like, it's not my child if if it's not this reality. So he he felt like he had to believe in determinism in order to support that he could make contact with his exact child again. Oh, see, I, I didn't I didn't realize that that was the goal to make contact with his child again. I, I thought the goal was to prove that he had no that it was absolution. Right. He had no. Control. There was he nothing didn't contribute he could have done to that, that to that would have happened this. regardless. Yeah, sure, but they, I mean, he was still, he was going in and looking on, on his, in on his child, and he was like, I don't want to see the clear picture of my child because I know that this one is mine. Um, right. And when, when uh, Lyndon was able to kind of like overlay multiple realities to clear up the white noise, then that wasn't happening anymore, and he was like, that's not, that's not the same Jesus. Jesus now has a hair that's like two inches to the left. It's not the same Jesus. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So he was, he was very uh, obsessive. I hope that my being... explanation of the multiverse like made sense. No, I think it did. I think okay. it did. I, mean, I followed it and I'm very stupid. So I, and I followed it. <laughs> You're <so>. not stupid. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, the answer of, um, you know why he didn't see you know it's 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 like free will free will is the anomaly in this equation right free will is the thing that proves that anything could fuck up a predetermined path 
and create this spawn, you know, and spawn this alternate reality. But even these alternate realities, he have predetermined destinations. That's kind of what I took from. That's kind of well. That's just my theory. I'll say that. Like okay. I didn't. T- I, I can't say that I like. You know, I, I I gathered that from what they presented. But I guess it's all a matter of what you believe, because there's no way for us to actually um, travel to an alternate reality to know if that's true. But I mean, they're both belief systems. So if you think about it in terms of like praying to the same God, not knowing which one of them is real, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It's very deep. I did not think we would have this deep of a conversation, but sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but you understand that you can think of it in terms of religion like nobody knows if they're actually right but they are trying to prove the existence of god and right. what what god's actual function is in your life is your yeah. life predetermined or or are are you god you understand what i'm saying is there a force right. at work that that makes sure you stay on a certain path or are you the master actually the master of your own destiny so for, for sure it's interesting, I guess. It, it is. Yeah, no, it, it, it shit, that's I mean, what's more interesting than than is this life a loop? And what's Question the value what's, in knowing that? I I don't think there's value in knowing I that. I don't think there is either. That's why I'm saying it's interesting but it's not. You know what I mean? So I think I I I kind of I kind of derived that like um the 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 show to me, the show addresses both answers, right? Uh-huh. Like we saw, we saw the what it looks like when you're obsessed with is is this life a loop or is this life predetermined? We saw what that looks like from an obsession standpoint with Forrest and you know, and in his whole thing, right? And even even Lily just trying to find answers, like we didn't we didn't talk about Lily enough, like her. Well, she was wasn't she was great, trying to but, she was trying to prove that, like, no, I am in control. So basically, it's it's two different belief systems like personified, right? But so, and and the roles almost reversed at the end, right? That's what it seemed like, right? Hmm. Like, like you mean once they uh, enter the 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 algorithm? Yeah, once they enter the algorithm, I I took it like she let her burden go, like she's not um. She went to Jamie, you know, she saw like she, you know, she had the information of what happened and she's like, I want to go on this path, right? Like I want to go on this but path on this like, journey. That's still like a, no, I, I don't know. I guess they both made different decisions. He kind of came around to her, not the other way around. And that's just the one iteration within the multiverse that we saw. There's infinite possibilities of what they look like functioning within that system. And the point of right. divergence is just them dying. So up, everything up Co- until that point is the same. Correct. But so I'm talking in terms of like addressing your question of what's the point of knowing, right? I think the I think. I don't I, think in I real th- life it has any practical application, but I do want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> well, no, no. I I think that. So I think. I think whether or not what your belief system is. hmm you know, I mean, and this is almost an obvious statement. What your belief system is, it kind of like that's what it's attributed to your path, right? So, like, even like taking it back to Westworld, uh-huh. you know, when they were when when um um Serac starts talking about like uh how the machine, you know, he's talking about the the birth of Rehoboam and how his investor was uh frustrated because it seemed like it was predicting the past, and he was mad, like, why the fuck is it? 
why do I care about the past? This thing's supposed to be predicting the future, but it's like understanding the past is how you get to determining the future, right? So it's like when you have some of our experiences, correct? Yeah. So when you have the information, you let go of it. When you know the truth, you let go, right? It's like, because there's nothing else to attain, right? But if, if, if you don't reach that point of like, um, I have the answer. You're constantly looking for the answer. And I think that's the loop that a lot of people are in. Like, you know, why am I here? What am I here to do? I'm trying to find my purpose. How many times do we hear that? I'm trying to find my purpose. That That is trying to access this this path, this loop. But these same you know people. Okay. So, but that's like a, yes, yes. And I do not okay. think that there is practical value in that because they are still making choices, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. to drive them towards a certain point. So I don't know. I saw like your brain does things, right? When your yeah. brain doesn't feel like you're living at an optimal level, it will, it will, it'll make you uncomfortable. Right. Um, yes. And even right now, people are more so flipping into survival mode. So the things that they would normally do, they can't do. They're fatigued because their body is like using a lot more energy to process those kinds of things. You know what I mean? So it's okay. all like science. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? So someone like, the reason I'm saying there's not a whole lot of value in it is because you are going to make choices regardless and you are going to experience your choices in your headspace regardless if they're predetermined or not. So you saying like, what's my purpose? Your purpose is whatever you want it to be. You understand what I'm saying? Like, whatever you tell yourself it is, whatever you believe your purpose is, that is your purpose. And if you feel lost because you're not comfortable with the decisions that you made, of course, you're going to go out and seek that. Because like you said, you haven't accepted who you are. Right. So, I mean, I don't know that there's value in that. I think you can be ambitious without that. Like, are you are you ever content? Is that like, to me, like, that seems miserable. Like, I don't know. Well, I think some people, I think some people are like, I think so even but saying- But I don't want to assume that because you, you don't, you haven't figured out who you are that you're miserable, but like, I guess I am saying that <laughs> to a degree. I, yeah. In, in a, in a way, but you're, un, even, you're uneasy, you're uncomfortable maybe is a better way of saying it. R- right. Like there's still a level, there's just still a level of uncertainty that you haven't unlocked. Right. Like, and it's, but that level of uncertainty is driving you. So I'm, I'm not saying ambitious left, right you know, which one's good, which one's bad, and which one has the characteristics of uh-huh. ambition. I think ambition, uh, um, it's less of a, a finite thing and just more of emotion, right? Like it's a, ambition is like a muscle, right? Like it, it um, but how much it lifts is, is completely, you know, it's completely on what, you, who you are as a person, right? So even, even being content, like you're content in knowing that like, yo, it doesn't matter. I still have to live, right? Like you're content in that space. That I really am, but but I guess like that's the difference between me, like me and other people. Like I do like the comfort of stability, and um, if I can level up, cool. But I need to level up with a certain level of stability, and that's just the way that I function optimally, where I'm not stressed out and like anxious every moment of my life. Um, because right. some people like they live their life in a way that I'm like I could not function like that. But I have been pushed out of my stability. I would even say like mostly, you know, we're talking about career because that's kind of what mm-hmm. determines what your day to day life looks like in the world sure. we live in. But I've been pushed out of my comfort and leveled up against my will. Maybe the universe is correcting me. I don't freaking know. But, right. but 
but a different part of my brain switches on and I'm in a different mode until I can get back to comfortable. And I honestly, I'm just thinking like, I guess, cause I've had a baby and I just kind of paid really like a lot of attention to what my body was doing. That was outside of my control. I'm very much aware that my brain is doing that on a daily basis, period. So yeah. it, it put me back into like survival mode. So like my level of like, okay, I'm, I'm working towards this with a level of discipline that I wouldn't have before because my life depends on it. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But I can't right. imagine like living like that for an extended period of time. I would, right. I would go crazy. So I just don't, I don't, you know. I get you. Well, I'm well, like, if I, if I can see a clear path to something I want and I can take linear, you know, I'm like that. I have very linear goals, so right. <laughs> very linear thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah. I can problem solve, but as far <laughs> right. as like business as usual, it is a very linear thing with me. Right, um, right. So that makes sense. Yeah. So like, if I can see a path to what I want, cool. But if I'm gonna have to be crazy to figure out how, if I can't see where I'm going to get there, like I'm not driving blind. Fuck that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why right. I'm saying it. As to me, it's not a whole lot of value in that. Like, I'm gonna make this choice today. And I'm going to think about where this choice is going to take me next. And that's how I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to throw up my hands and say, fuck it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But I'm also not going to be on the other side of that choice, obsessing about what would have happened if I made a different one. Like, we here. I'm in the moment. Yeah. Therein lies the balance. Because it's like, you know enough to know that you know enough to know that you don't have control over tomorrow. Uh Your only chance of controlling tomorrow is stabilizing today. Correct. Right. And and right. you and so. you know, you know, like I always tell people, like, even when bad shit has happened to me in my life, I can always like see utility in it later. Or maybe that's a thing that I'm doing. Maybe I make it useful to me because that helps me make sense of bad shit. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't I can't say that like I guess like in a way like Forrest was doing that, but like in a way that was destructive to him and other people around him. Um, was doing what? Finding utility in his suffering, or, oh, or creating okay. utility in his suffering. I don't know if I find utility in my suffering. Or I create it. I don't know if it's me or if it's God or what. But like mm-hmm. when bad things have happened to me, I have found a way to make them useful. And if that's ministering to another person, which is typically what it is, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, you know what? I couldn't have supported that person through whatever they're experiencing had I not had that experience. So there's still value in it. Right. Hmm. But I ain't trying to like be like, I need to know that life would have still been fucked up for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I <laughs> had mean, that something is a else happened. Like, you know what I mean? I, there's no there's no value in that. Yeah. Where where do you lay on this spectrum, Martin? Uh as far as what value in knowing? Value yeah, in, value in, in knowing. and determinism versus the multiverse. Yeah. Um, I I think it's value in, like, especially at the end when they're in the simulation. Like, if you're in a simulation, there's probably some type of value in knowing you're in a simulation. Like, knowing that there's limits to this thing, knowing that everything isn't real, or, um, I mean, you could you could really take it either way. You could you could try to break out of that simulation, or you could. Just treat it like forest and say like, yo, what what happens happens. Um, I don't really have a choice in any of this, so I'm just gonna play it out. 
But I mean, that's but, pretty fatalist. But come, it becomes it. like hang yeah. the DJ. Like in in with in how many iterations of this test are you achieving that result? And I'd be thinking about the yeah. other versions of me trying to climb over the fucking wall. Like right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. My, because if it's if it's any indication of like what real me is like, simulated me is going to be neurotic as hell. Uh, <laughs> do you think that the the entire show is a simulation? Because no, they, I, mean, I think they they said they said um about the about the quantum uh, computer, they said that uh it's a box, right? And they said mm-hmm. in the box is another box, and in that box is another box. On into right. infinity, right? It's a tesseract. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so more than likely, the, everything we watch is a simulation, and there's another box on top of them. Yeah, well, I think uh, so. Hey, the Matrix, Westworld. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or even the Matrix. We want to go back to the early two thousands. I think, I think all of these, all of these things are saying the same thing. It, it's like these boundaries exist because. We allow them to exist, but there is something that programs this boundary, you know. So, so I think it's I, I think I think it doesn't feel like a simulation to most people. I think I think it's all sim. It, if you believe in a higher power, you have to believe that this is a simulation, right? Like I think that that's just kind of the byproduct of believing in a higher power that you have no control over a world that has already been created for you to exist in. So it's a simulation, I guess, by definition, right? So. But you, the rat never feels like it's a, it's a maze. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all, it's all perspective where you sit in it and and like you're hypothesizing whether or not something exists after this, like, you know, so, but you can't, you don't know how it began. So that keeps you like, all right, I don't have, I only have a certain amount of control over the space that I live in. So because of that, it has to be a simulation, but because I can't prove that there's something over top, you know, there's, there's an overarching, you know, puppeteer of this entire or architect of this world, because I can't prove that I can't prove that it is a simulation. And I think that, you know, that's the place that we all live in. It's like, yo, who, who, who do these actions serve? You know what I'm saying? Is this really what I want to do? Or is this what I was programmed to do? Um, all of this artificial intelligence shit or all these shows that like I'm very interested in, you know, the Westworlds, the devs, you know, the, the all this shit is saying the same thing. It's like, yo, who's programming my action, you know, um, and it just it makes me wonder what it's trying to inspire. You know what I'm saying? Like they always say, like, good art imitates life and vice versa. Like, what is this? What is this? um the surgence of consciousness, what is this in service to? And that's what that's what I find myself asking a lot, especially with like this Marketing. whole thing that's happened with coronavirus and like what is what is my consciousness? How many nights like just being at just having these conversations with my wife, like and having certain thoughts that I'm having, I'm like, yo, what's the point of me thinking this way? Like it is what it is, right? Like I, I have no control over none of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I mean- go through the loop. Yeah, bringing it full circle though, like even I've st- I've stopped paying attention. Um, on a day, I have I have enough information as of right now, um, to know how I need to conduct myself on a daily basis and what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not. And I think like I'm thinking about what you're saying, and I don't want to go down a super long rabbit hole because you know how I feel about time. But <laughs> but um, uh, just from the perspective of 
how are we being programmed? Like, I know who's programming me on a daily basis. Who's it's the it's technology is now I sound like the Unabomber. It's fine. Technology is now <laughs> programming me and I am being programmed to be a consumer. And I think that in the in the crisis that we're now experiencing, my brain has switched off its consumption. Right. Uh, to a certain degree, because I always go back to consumption because that's now my default setting. I'm thinking about like all the ways I'm going to be sexy and kill them when I get out this goddamn house. But, <laughs> but, right. but like in the in in the moment, like my brain switches from and, the, and initially my brain switches from consumption to smart consumption with the goal of survival, whereas it was consumption for the sake of consumption. Right. So right. now I'm like, OK. I'm having to problem solve for, okay, like these things are not available to me. What can I cook? Uh, right. what, what do I already have in my house that I can make the most use of? Y'all are out here talking about your produce going bad. And I'm like, nope, nigga, I got that handled. So, <laughs> so right, you know what I right. mean? Like I, I'm, I'm consuming, but I'm consuming in survival mode. And then, you know, some people are full on in survival mode. Right. Um, you, you're being programmed with the information that you're being fed on a daily basis and it's being fed to you from other humans. It's not like a, yeah, well, it's, it's not it's, like a, it's yeah. not like an omniscient presence that's doing it. It is people. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I've learned too, is that like, you know, all of these, all of these theories that, you know, from reading behold a pale horse and new world order and all these things that have this black hand sort of, um, context to it that that we're all subservient to this black hand you start realizing that yo like um the revol it's a domino right it's like this whole thing the 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 planning of it is is the thing right but like the execution is really just pushing over the domino and and all the work all the design that you put into it the machine works on its own and, you know, and, and that's what keeps, that's what makes it a genius thing. Right. Because it's like, I didn't create this. I, I just said this, you know, <laughs> you know, and that it, happened, and, yeah. in that, and this happened, you know, um, and, and it's very interesting for me, like, you know, um, for me, so going, so two things that I'll say out of this, right. Out of devs, I don't want to know how I die. I think that would drive me crazy, right? Like, th th I think that's the thing that I learned from this is that if I knew how I was going to die and when I was going to die, that would ultimately change. That would that would be the button that that shut me into don't give a fuck mode, right? So me, th th that's not how so, most humans work. But go ahead. <laughs> that's how it works for me. You I'm don't just, know that. So I'm just talking. I'm I'm just like if I knew that information. There's certain things about who I am as a person that um, maybe I, I feel like maybe I retain because I don't want it to result in a thing. But if I knew that this was the thing, this car accident or this incident 10 years from now is going to be the one that does it, uh -huh. it's going to shape everything that I do now. Because, you know, now it's like, well, People who don't I mean, die in accidents, who know that their death is imminent, they actually don't go into I don't give a fuck mode. What they actually do. oh, you're saying that if you had a date specifically though, right? Yeah. Most if people, I had most a people date, who know that their death is imminent, they become control freaks. They do the opposite of what you just said. But I understand what you're saying. If it was something that 
if you're like, I'm going to die in this con in this car accident at this time on this day, then like, it doesn't matter what I do before that. I can be as reckless exactly. as I want to because I'm not going to die until that happens. Exactly. I'm going to do saying. a pound of mushrooms right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like uh, everything that could, is supposed to kill me. Uh, now I'm just going to do it because I know it has no effect you on the way that this, you're banging that this story ends. Like, nah, I'm not going to die. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, but it's, but that thing is going to turn me into a completely different person. So so I, I realized that that's the thing that keeps me I in I don't check. want my, my life to have a clock. I, I, I think about death a lot. I, we've had this conversation. I think about yeah, death a lot. You've been close um, to it. What that will look like, What how I want to leave the people – that knew me and loved me or hated me or whatever in my, in my wake. Like I think about that a lot, but I'm with you. I don't know when it's going to happen. And, and, um, someone I actually, I was talking to today asked me like, how long did I think I was going to live? Um, you know, withstanding any accidents happening. Right. I probably will live to be like 105. (laughs) Interesting. But people in my family live a long time and I know that I eat healthier and I, and I exercise more than people in my family who've, lived into their nineties. Right. So I could, and I mean, medicine will advance even more. Right. You know, so in the next you 60 years. So it's entirely possible. I could live to be like 120. Right. So, you know, I think about that. I think like way into the future about how much things count. Yeah. And I'm, it makes me extremely cautious, but I think about dying a lot. Do you yeah. not think about well, it a lot? I, you know, I, it's healthy. I, I, I do. I think about, I mean, I, I think about, um, I definitely think about my time here in a finite space. Um, yeah, I, you know, but not knowing exact. Yeah. I think about death a lot, probably more than the average person. Well, but hearing you talk, maybe not more than the average person, you know, um, <laughs> I'm a Taurus. I don't know where I lay on this the spectrum. This is typical like, for us. <laughs> Tauruses yeah, are yeah. like talking to you about dying. Like <laughs> yeah, that is what that, it is like to know us. But that, 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 that gives me life, right? Like, um, like I'm past that stage of thinking that I'm immortal. I'm going to live forever, nor do I want to, um, you know, so I, I think about legacy a lot. So that's why I have to, I have to think about death because of the term legacy that I think about, you know, what, what I'm leaving because, so this is the second part of what I was going to say a lot. I, I realized that a lot of my motivation is shaped about, is shaped in the history of what I know of my family, you know, um, what I know about my grandparents. Um, it, it gives me an immense amount of pride when I, when I learn about my family. And then I have this sense of like wanting to fulfill a certain thing that falls in line with something I feel like they would be proud of. You know what I mean? Um, and that gives me a lot of motivation to that helps me determine how I handle a lot of things or what things I put my energy into um, by wanting to make my ancestors proud. You, you know, know what's what interesting about that? Cause I know you're thinking about it more from like a black Panther perspective, but did you, did you watch the remake of roots? Cause it ends with Alex Haley, like dying and his ancestors, like all standing behind him, like touching him to take him to heaven. And I cried my eyes out, but it was like the coolest oh. thing. I mean, it was Lawrence Fishburne, but it was like the coolest thing. Right. I was like, no, wow. I didn't. I, I didn't see the remake. That was. It was. I mean, it's fiction, and we can talk about that another day. But like, it was yeah. really, it was really neat, you know, because it it shows him like at his typewriter writing, because you know he continued to write about mm-hmm. his family, like you know, pretty much they were still producing movies about his writings and his family, um, even after he was dead. So. 
Like it's just literally him and his typewriter, like finishing the story of his family. And, you know, that's dope. Kizzy walks up and like touches him. It's really cool. That's dope. Yeah. Now you see, you're inspiring me to watch that. I'm going to watch that. It's pretty good. Um, so Martin, <laughs> yeah, and I know he's going to say some, he's either, this is, this is what we can predict with Martin. This is our determinism now, right? We're going to go into the multiverse because <laughs> in one universe, one of these things happen in another right. universe, another things happen. Like right. Martin is either about to say like something really cool or he's going to give us one word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be profound and simple. That's for sure. Yeah. Or he's going to be like, mm, I'm good. So like, <laughs> so like, d- does do you think about those things? Do you think about the finite nature of your mortality and like what that looks like on a broad spectrum? Are you just like, I'm going minute to minute over here. It doesn't matter. Like what, like where do you sit? Oh no. I th- uh, especially now I think of dying every day. Every day I go to work, I think I might die. So, how does it, how does it influence how you move through the world other than like side eyeing people who don't have masks on? AKA me, because I don't wear that shit. <laughs> but, but how does I, that like how does I that influence just, you beyond like your observation of other people and your fear? I kind of just ignore people a lot a lot more. Um I, I kinda I think about some of my family and maybe what what they might what it might happen to them. Um I guess I don't know. I guess I just, I just never really wanted a painful death, and I know I have respiratory issues, so COVID would definitely be like a painful death. So I I just try to think about that. Some try not to think about it. I mean, I I was watching the um like live science had like the numbers for how many people have it in Virginia Beach or in like the whole state really, and I was looking at that every day, and I kind of just stopped because yeah. I don't know. I might I might check it back out in may or something like that but because I, I know the peak is supposed to be at the end of may but you know you know yeah. that's your brain right telling you like this is not healthy for you so it's like stop doing that shit yeah. <laughs> so it's your brain in survival mode going okay we can't survive being insane so nigga cut it out yeah just saying yeah. brains are great that's real it's good to have one that's real yeah um I yeah, keep you, man, I'm keeping no. you in prayer because I can't imagine. Yeah, no, nah, and 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 you know, your name Martin the Mill, man. Obviously, yeah. because you, you're part of, uh, you know, UP, uh, USPS, man. And um, as an essential worker, I'm assuming that's what you guys are considered, right? Because y'all are still, yeah, weathering the storm. We appreciate you, bro. Like, Definitely appreciate yeah, you. Like, you know, it's funny co- though. Huh? What's that? And then we can bring this to a close. My, You know, right now everyone's ordering everything, right? And I'm very used to like the Amazon people dropping shit and going. Right. But like the postal workers now, because I live in a, in a condo uh, community where, you know, I've been ordering shit and it can't fit in the box. So they have to bring it to my door. The right. mailman like puts the box down, knocks on the door and then jets, but then like yeah. stands at the end to make sure that I pick it up. <laughs> And like looks over their shoulder, but I know it's them because like y'all motherfuckers wear specific hats. <laughs> so it's always like I'm dropping this shit, but don't breathe on me, ho. <laughs> they yeah. Take yeah, I don't even be, knock. I just drop that joint and hope you, you like, check your get app it when or they something. Get it. Yeah. I mean, if I don't know if y'all have like the ring door, we got the ring doorbell, and I tell you that joint is comedy, man. When you, when you watch video, somebody dropping packages <laughs> yeah. off. 
one happened like 10 minutes before we started this, you know, and the lady literally opened up the joint, threw the jump down and was taking a picture while she was walking back. So, you know, they had to take a picture to prove that it, she, and was, she was like, like walking back and hit the picture, didn't even close the gate. I was yeah. laughing, man. Like this That's is pure funny. comedy. Yeah, man. But no, but all, all, all jokes aside, Martin, uh, we appreciate you standing on Absolutely. the front lines, you know, doing the, doing the heavy lifting, man. And, um, you know, y'all de- delivering people's checks and, you know, supplies and all types of stuff that people need to survive, man. So we really appreciate you, man, and all the other essential workers, bro. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't really give a fuck about none of that shit. But... <laughs> <laughs> what I say? What I tell you? What I tell you? <laughs> Like when people say that to Yo, me, I'm like, "That's cool, bro. Cool story, bro." You off the chain. That's funny, bro. Um, man, there's so much we didn't cover about Debs, but I feel like the conversation that we had was better than the one that you know, the one that I had on my paper, man. Um, Lily as a protagonist, you know, we didn't really get into it, but I like the idea of, um, you know, having a woman protagonist, um, to to be the surrogate for this journey. I appreciated that, and there's so many other things, but um. I guess that's for uh, you to determine on your own because uh, I think we're done with this conversation. Uh, is there anything else you got? You guys want to put a button on with this with Deus? Nothing else. Good. Y'all recommend it to uh, anybody who hasn't. If you if you haven't seen it and you've been listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, bro, because this is spoilers galore. But um, I mean, if you, if you, by you enjoy watched, if you enjoy huh? existential sci-fi, then sure. If you enjoy like something like Interstellar or Arrival, this is good for you. Yeah, it yeah, really definitely. Is. It really is, man. I'm I'm excited about anything that uh Alex Garland has coming out. Uh just solely based on this. So I I don't know if this is a season two sort of thing or if this is just a Nah, it said it was done. a limited series, so I don't think it's coming yeah. back. Okay. All right. Well He said he might do the um the American horror story thing where he takes a similar cast or the same cast and like does something oh. different. I'm here for that. I hope he does it because you know what? And we didn't talk about this, um, but that that show that's on Amazon Prime, Tales from the Loop. Oh yeah, I watch. Yeah, I watch that. We can talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, dog. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, very interesting. Uh, but if if I hope your idea is right, Martin, about about that because I'm showing up for uh, the next season if they're doing this as an anthology situation. But um, anything else you guys want to add before we close it out? bet well uh, listeners man thank you guys for uh you know tuning in for this episode uh again sorry for the longer than normal hiatus uh but now that we have our recording situation uh at everybody's individual houses uh we hopefully will be providing more content for you guys uh if you're on facebook or uh, instagram you can follow us on kind of movie critics or on twitter at kind of movie crits c-r-i-t-s um and and soundcloud uh itunes or apple Podcasts, google play stitcher spotify all that good stuff man we're on all those platforms make sure make sure you subscribe and go back to listen to episodes especially now that a lot of stuff is streaming um guaranteed there's some episodes that for some good sleepers or things that you may want to watch we have an episode to accompany that and if not let us know and and we may do one so uh, we'll drop it off right there. Remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. Just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.